0: Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Picks and Picks. I'm going to give you guys a recap and a rundown of the games and our picks from last weekend. Bring you our studs and duds of the week. Of course, our key weekend preview and handicap of the top games across Europe. And finish us off with our best bets, our locks of the week. And with that, I just want to say before we review that the kicks and picks lock of the week is absolutely on fire. We are on a three-game win streak. We hit the first ever kicks and picks parlay last week. Huge shout out to Scott; he was the architect of that. We set it up on the show last week, live while we were recording. We rode with him. We rode it to victory. Boys, we're we're turn, We have turned the corner. We are on fire. Things are looking up. We had, um, you know, pretty good results last week. You know, I had the worst week at one and two, but even with that, that was a very easy three and zero. Oh, as I'll take you through it. How you guys feeling?
1: I think uh, on the NBA jam scale, we're at heating up right now. Not definitely quite on fire, up. but definitely heating up. So pretty happy That's with
0: that. Stretch run of the season. We are heating up at the right time. And,
1: and coming out of the, the icy cold February that I was in, uh, happy to just be making money. Yeah, I mean,
2: I'll take heating up by four and four in our individual picks combined and then hitting the... The pod parlay was huge, plus the pod lock of the week three weeks in a row. Certainly heating up. Good time of the year to be heating up. Uh, you know, pretty good week. I'm, from a fan perspective, happy that Roma got a, a win against a, a quote-unquote, like, big side in Italy with the one nothing win. Screwed my over-under pick of 2.5 with the over. I, I expected goals in that match, but as a, as a Roma fan... I love seeing a shutout against a, and the and team that scored fourth week before. So I'll, that I'll take like their,
0: it. Is that their first shutout of the year? I feel like it's the first shutout. That... No,
2: it's not their first shutout, but like first shutout of significance, probably. I'd say.
0: It depends on who you ask, because Scott would tell you that Adelanta is a Serie B team. It's
1: a movement. Yeah, they are. you would be right. Look at their form. I think they have two wins in their last ten games. Like that's not. That's not going to get anything done. Yeah. I mean, I take, I, value, I take it. I don't care. Name value.
2: I take it. I still don't know why my Borussia Dortmund match that I picked money line got postponed. I have no idea. I was a little disappointed in that because I had them near even money um, yeah. against like a, a lower table team. So I was I was disappointed. I thought that would have maybe been the pick that put us over the top and put us at a winning record for just the
1: individual picks. But I guess not. More notably, no, that- I think that breaks your streak of no pushes,
0: right?
2: Yeah, my first push because, and it's a match that was never played. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a that's
0: a straight over. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah. So, before Scott gets into his winning week, I will just share my misery. I could go on a very long rant here, I will not do that because you guys are awesome, you listeners out there. But, uh, I did go one and two. Sasuola was an easy victory. I don't know what four one, five one. Yeah, I, don't even know what I think the I was put up five. Yeah, five goals. I mean, that was a no doubter. The one that hurt. Uh, two of them actually both losses hurt the the Hellas Verona both teams to score I think it was a 1-1 game by the 20th minute so we had 70 minutes to get a, a third goal to hit that over I'm um, sorry I said both teams to score I think Steve had that bet
2: I had the both um, teams to score yeah
0: so I had the over we had 70 minutes to get one goal chances of plenty. posts were hit 70 minutes couldn't find it hurt like hell Nowhere near as close to the worst beat was my Roma bet. Roma Atalanta team to score in the first 30 minutes. We got a goal in the 31st minute and change. Not even two minutes to lose that bet. And the, the bitch of it more than anything else is that like there had to have been six to seven minutes of players laying on the ground, water break. I don't even know what happened. I'm just as I'm watching it, I'm texting these guys and I'm just so livid that I'm like, get you know what, this bet sucks because if it was at the end of the game, at least I would get five or six minutes of stoppage time back. Well, that time just kept on ticking. And of course, you know, Tammy scores that goal with about a minute and 20 seconds after I lost the bet.
1: Yeah. That was classic Italian soccer. That kind of came back to bite you there where these guys were flopping around and, you know, going for the Oscars for, you know, worst uh, impact that didn't actually occur. Absolutely.
0: It's, it was Sarah yeah. B-like, as Scott would say. So very that much. one hurt. One and two. Could have very easily been two and one, three and oh. Fortunately, Scott had a better weekend.
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, obviously, I've been riding the Man City train. Uh, that was an easy win uh, over uh, Manchester United in the Manchester Derby. I mean, it was a four to one shellacking, I think, the second That's half. I don't know if United even touched the ball. Uh, So that's a nice way to just get a little bit of of, of cash in the pocket. Not a huge return, but still a win is a win. Uh, The big one for me was the over in the Arsenal-Watford game. Uh, That one was very, very easy as it was a 9 a.m. game. And by about 9, 15 a.m., that was all but locked up. Uh, Two goals in the first, I think, 11 minutes. Uh, They had three goals in the first half, five total goals. So that was a good win. Uh, Only loss. Once again, corners coming back to bite me. Uh, I thought I had this one in the bag too, yep. but in a weird twist of events, once again, we had a half where Chelsea, I had over six and a half corners, Chelsea scores three goals in the second half and didn't net a single corner. So every shot
0: went in the net, every cross went to a player that put the ball in the net.
1: What, are you,
2: what guys, are you guys, do you guys, corners, corners suck. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, they they I, okay, I, they I, I did win. I did win. Uh, you know, I, in the Manchester Derby, I, bet a couple of the like promotions that Caesars had going on specials, whatever they called them. And I did hit, I think it was city over four and a half each half or something. So that, that was good. But then I also had one of their, like, they had two props. One was both teams to score United to win both teams over a corner and a half each half or the reverse with city. So put $2 on each, because you know, they're like plus 4,000 for the United one plus 1500 for the city one. And Manchester United got three corners in the first half. City carried their weight. Both teams scored, which United scoring pretty early. I was like, "Oh, this is set up pretty good." Well, yeah, United I think had one corner of the whole second half and yep, killed, killed it. Could have been an easy, easy win on a, a low risk, high kind of reward bet. And corners just suck. They're
0: tough, but yeah. there's nothing more fun to root for. So I will continue to bet them. And this okay. is the week. Uh, I'm not going to jump ahead, but this is the week where we will be hitting a corner prop on kicks and picks.
1: Yeah, zero and six, I think, right now on corner As props. Yep, so yep, we uh, we've rough. got some. I mean, at some point the tides will have to change. It's just a lot. So average
0: eventually, season. we're going to go back and redo the standings adjusted for corner bets, where we just <laughs> take all of those out, and you guys are going to see that we win money. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, our,
2: our next tie parlay should just be like three corner bets. Then just three corner props, and you know, it. reverse it you all. Guys just right there. us, absolutely. Oh,
1: <laughs> God,
0: no. But it was, and most importantly, in all that is that we. We basically nailed that, Manchester. I mean, the previews of last weekend, I think everything that we said came true. Coach went against our advice and took the over in that Roma game. I think we called that a rat line. Yeah. Um, Scotty definitely nailed that Manchester derby. And look, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a great weekend of, of football to watch, and it was a great weekend for all of us. So we're looking to do it all again. Sure am. All right. Well, let's move on to one of our favorite segments, our studs and duds. Who do we have that lit up that score sheet, Scotty?
1: Yeah, so uh, a good transition. We mentioned three goals in the second half for Chelsea uh, against uh, Burnley, two of which were scored by Kai Havertz. So he gets my stud of the week. Uh, Seems to be the solution for Chelsea's problem with Lukaku. Uh, We were talking about how they haven't really created much offense up front. They've been relying on their uh, attacking defenders to score a lot of their goals. Uh, but Havertz has really stepped in the last few weeks. Obviously, scored two this weekend. He had a goal against Lille in the first leg of their uh, Champions League tie, uh, and even in the fi- Cup final uh, against Liverpool, I think he was probably their best player. So, uh, I'm sorry, which
0: cup again was that? The
1: the Kara Bobo Cara, and, and Cara what you,
0: what, What's that again? Just for <laughs> the, have you found any
1: yet? Have you found any? I, 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 want, it, I want
0: everybody to know. I did the research. I went um, to probably six or seven different local markets over the course of the last week trying to find this drink. I, I just think it doesn't exist. Yeah. It might be a front. It may not even really be an energy drink.
1: Second biggest energy drink in Thailand, not cracking the top 20 in the U S apparently.
0: I don't <laughs> even know that it's cracking the top 50.
1: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> crazy how many energy drinks are out there. Cause as I look for them, I'm like, what is this? This isn't.
0: Yeah. I, I found at least before. seven or eight new ones this week. that yeah. just Didn't even know existed. So,
1: but yeah, Kai Havertz, you get my stud of the week. Good performance probably Chelsea's savior. We'll see how it goes moving forward. Deserved.
2: I don't know if I could have predicted saying this about two months ago ever for the entire season, but my stud of the week is Newcastle United. When we first started kicking around the idea for this pod back in December and started doing some demo recordings and finally record our first episode, Newcastle was in the relegation zone.
0: At they were, risk what, 19th? Of
2: <laughs> they were 19th. the relegation
1: zone. <laughs> yeah, They were
2: in 19th. Right. Uh, Pretty much wondering if the the Saudi money was even going to be able to enough to save them in the winter in the winter market because things didn't really go their way. The one guy they do sign, Kevin Trippier, gets hurt. One of their two like signings that they made, and I guess it hasn't mattered because Newcastle is now five zero and three in their last eight, dating back to December twenty seventh. So it's been a winning year so far, twenty twenty two, for them. They did lose once in in the League Cup to eliminate them there, or the FA Cup, whichever one it was. But in the, in the Premier League, 5-0-3, the last loss was awesome. to City back on December 19th. They're now up to 14th place on 28 points, 7 above the drop. And they've come through for our pod uh, with the pod lock of the week, back-to-back weeks. Two in a row. Uh, a 2-1 victory this weekend. Uh, Scotty, who was it against again this week? Was it Crystal Palace? Yeah.
0: Yeah, over Palace. Up to nothing, too. I yeah, mean, like yeah. pretty much controlled the game and then got a little and careless. but
2: I don't know. It's still not getting the respect of the... The people making alliances, as you'll see later on, but, you know,
0: I, okay. I them, we will take advantage until they do. They deserve a stud. No, no doubt about it. In my stud of the week, uh, I promised it on Twitter. Scott and I were talking. It has to be Takumi Minamino from Liverpool. Um, he has more goals than our official dud of the season, Messi. And as of this recording, Messi, another dud today in the Champions <laughs> Big League. Big dud. Huge dud, did nothing. Um, And Minamino has a 1,000 less minutes played. This guy is the quintessential bench player, quintessential, let me play in the League Cup, let me give the guys some relief, let me get some fresh legs in there. A 1,000 less minutes played, more goals than Messi. Um, And I just feel like every time he's on the field, he's on the score sheet. Uh, So he did have a double in the FA Cup. Um, I think that he – He's the stud of the week, and he gets to enjoy a carabell on us. Yeah,
1: and and to add to that, you know, look at who Messi's playing with, right? Like he's got Verratti and Mbappe and, and Neymar playing around him, kind of helping him feed passes. When when Minamino's playing, he's not playing with Salah or Mane or Firmino right. or any of those guys. Like he's playing with like Origi, and He's playing with the kids, you know, Curtis Jones or uh, Tyler Morton, who's the the DM for that fills in for Fabinho on these cup games. So a lot of that is just work that he's doing on his own, being in the right place and, and having really good finishing. I think the last yeah. two goals he had were like clinical finishes.
0: So uh, and listen, Scott follows pool, right. He'll be able to give us the insight, but one of two things happen as a result of this, either he gets more playing time, which yeah. clearly he deserves or he's going to get sold and he will carry this on to some other team. And
1: yeah, the, the hope is that he's going to be kind of Firmino's replacement. Uh, we talked about it, I think a month ago, but uh, you know, The the top three, the front three, the traditional front three for Liverpool are all running out of contracts at the end of next season. So obviously trying to extend Salah, but Firmino and Mane also going to be out of contract. So figure one of those two gets sold this summer, and the other one will probably have their contract run down. So uh, I think Minamino right now is trying to play for that you know false nine role that Firmino has been occupying for the past five years for Liverpool. So. He's doing a pretty good job right now. I think he'll probably yeah, he have is. one more season to prove it. And then, like you said, Nick, it's either he gets sold to probably either a mid-table team in the Premier League, or maybe he goes and takes like a, a spot in La Liga and tears it up there. Sure. All right. Uh, transitioning into our, our duds of the week, uh, I got to go with Everton. Uh, this wasn't a game on the weekend. this was a Monday game. So if you were working and you missed it, uh, you didn't miss much, but they got absolutely smacked by Tottenham 5-0. I mean, it was... We talk about games that are over in the first 10 minutes. This is one of those. Uh, they are now firmly supplanted in the relegation battle with Burnley and Leeds for battling out for that probably third spot. Um, I didn't think this was actually going to happen. It seemed like they had a little bit of a bounce when Lampard took over, but that bounce is definitely over now. Uh, and to make things worse, uh, they have a very tough schedule going in to finish the season. So once we get into April, uh, they play at West Ham. who have been uh, a Champions League contender all season. Yep. We've got at home to Manchester United. Maybe they turn things around by then. We'll see. Uh, Home to Crystal Palace. We've talked about our Jekyll and Hyde. They can turn it a performance at any point. Then they have a run of at Liverpool, home to Chelsea, at Leicester, home to Brentford, which is probably going to be a must-win game for them. And then they finish the season at Arsenal, who we've talked about has been the probably favorites now to finish in that fourth-place spot. So not a whole lot of opportunities for them to get points to close out the season. Uh, and I think relegation is definitely, you know, within consideration at this point.
0: Love
2: yes. to see. It. Complete opposite of Newcastle. I, you know, a month and a half ago, you're saying Everton not playing well, but probably safe from relegation. <sighs> Newcastle steeped in the relegation battle.
1: Now it's complete, complete 180 yeah. for those two sides. And so. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, just to close it out, they're very fortunate that Leeds are somehow doing worse than them. Because if it was down to just them and Burnley for this third spot, Burnley has kind of turned it around a bit. You know, Weghorst has come in and scoring goals for them. I mean, they did just get smacked by Chelsea. But other than that, they've been able to compete with pretty much everybody else they played with. And
0: and, I would and-
1: think they'd be in a lot more trouble.
0: No, and and you mentioned Leeds, Scott. We have to say we're contractually obligated to say this. We did caution you guys to not make them an automatic easy-overs, and uh, even though they they kind of dominated the game last week, certainly had the chances to score goals, uh, they definitely looked much improved on defense. I was just going to say, yeah. Doesn't
2: doesn't bode well for Everton if you consider that that maybe Jesse Marsh can turn things around just enough for Leeds defensively that they can – pull out a couple of wins it really puts a lot of pressure on everton yep. uh yeah it, it could get it could get ugly in the other part of liverpool the blue part of liverpool yeah. Yeah. uh this guy would probably enjoy that more than yeah. anybody it would be lovely. Right. speaking
0: of getting ugly steve who is your done of the week
2: my dad of the week manchester united i mean <laughs> how could you go anywhere else i understand they lost to manchester city i don't think any of us expected united yeah. to win at city at all we, we said it last week there's even with the, the value that there was for them, plus money on the draw no bet and, and money line, we said, you know, we still trusted, I think it was West Ham against Liverpool more to, to find a draw no bet result with really good odds. But this was an absolute beatdown, as Scott mentioned before, uh, after falling behind early fifth minute, uh, Kevin De Bruyne scored early, United leveled it on the score in the 22nd minute, You're like oh, maybe they'll hang around a bit. No. Uh, any concern for the pod parlay, which was included City, Liverpool, and Arsenal, was quickly alleviated minutes later when I think it was a 26-minute De Bruyne has scored again. City ended up holding 70% possession. They outshot United 24-5. to 5. United is now out of the top four, and Arsenal has three matches in hand, as Scott in his clairvoyance last weekend predicted – West Ham and United go down as part of our pod parlay. Arsenal wins and Arsenal's been in the driver's seat. They now have a one-point lead with three matches in hand. Can really extend that lead, you know, uh, potentially in theory to as much as ten if they win those three matches in hand. So they're really in the driver's seat if they take care of business. Yeah, Manchester
1: United. Manchester United heard my criticism last week about how they're creating enough chances, they just weren't finishing them, and they just decided, all right, we'll just stop creating chances then. Because, as you pointed out, Coach, a 24-5 to five shot discrepancy is yeah. extreme.
0: And they were <laughs> yeah. always going to be overmatched. But, I, I mean, that team is just in disarray. The, the locker room's in disarray. I don't want to get too far ahead of yeah. ourselves. I know we're previewing them as one of our games. But deserve dud of the week, to say the least. And, and I will take the Italian version of Manchester United as my dud of the week. And I, they're not really that bad, but the performance certainly was. I think it was on par. And that's Napoli. Um, you know, look, they, they just didn't show up. There's, there's really no other way to say it. I think, um, you know, we previewed the game last week, coach and I really had them taking that game at home, Yeah. Um, but they were, they were nowhere close. Um, and, and I'll give another shout out to Scott, who said the under was the play cash, that one pretty easily. It was a one, nothing loss. Um, but coach is going to tell us, this is their manager, Spalletti. This is his MO, right? He just, um, he, he makes you think that there's a shot and he takes you into the, late stages of the season. In this case, we're in March. Um, and then the team just kind of collapses. And, and that's kind of what happened here. I mean, this Milan team, yeah, battling for first, but not a great team, not a great lineup, not even a great performance from Milan. It just, I thought Napoli was brought nothing to the table. And, and Spalletti left Mertens on the bench for the whole game. I don't know if there's this weird thing where they don't want to trigger a clause in his contract, so they don't want him to play and they don't want him to score. I Heard rumors like that going around. I don't know how true it is, it's ridiculous. If it is true, you have to win this game. Um, Chucky Lozano was left on the bench. I don't know, the, the one of the only dynamic guys you have, you better play him. Politano was terrible. Um, he was very got, terrible too. And then you got OC Men who was flip, flipping and flopping around on the ground the entire game. Um, you know, I think he did have a, a penalty not called against him that very easily could have been called a penalty. That play aside he was just kind of flipping and flopping. So um, I, I just thought everybody was ineffective and, you know, you got the title on the line and, and the team barely gets a shot on goal. So that to me, regardless of anything else, is the dud of the week.
2: Yeah. Right. Very disappointing. Usually Spalletti's MO is more of a January, February swoon. We'll see he if made it made happens. It this time. Yeah. He made some margin time. We'll see if things go differently because I was looking at Napoli's schedule. It's, it's not very easy on the way out. Yeah. They're, they're pretty safe in third right now in a champions league spot. You know, there's still 10 up on Roma and, and Atalanta uh, even a little bit more. But listen to the schedule they have coming down the stretch. If they slip up this week against Verona, which we'll talk about, awesome. you know, then it's Udinese, Atalanta, Fiorentina, Roma. Um, then there's Empoli, but then there's Sassuolo, still Torino. So there's some matches that they could potentially not guarantee
0: to run the table. Yeah,
2: there's no guarantees. So title race aside, you know, they, they're going to have to keep an eye over their shoulder if they drop a couple of those.
1: Yeah, we're getting to the point where I, I think whoever ends up finishing at the top of the table at the end of the season, we may have to put a ban in place on celebrations on the field because nobody's really gotten into it and taking control of the, the the title race. And if whoever ends up wins it, I feel like they're just going to end up backing into it. Like I could see this being a You're game exactly where right. where like the team that finishes in first loses, and it's watching whoever's in second or third to see if they can win to to t- overtake them, and then they end up winning just because those teams don't kick the points. Like so, that's going to be how this all finishes up
0: as we were putting together our, our outline and our notes for this recording, that's almost word for word. What I put down is that like, this is just going to come down to who slips up the most or who slips up the least. That's yeah. who's going to win the title. And you Scott's exactly right.
1: We're going to be, we're going to be celebration police. We're going to not allow them. They have to take the trophy. They can, you know, show it. And then they just got to walk straight to the locker. Room. No celebrating.
0: I agree. That's fair. All right, that's going to wrap up our studs and duds of the week. I think we nailed it again. Uh, So let's just move on to the game previews. What do we have coming up this weekend?
1: Yeah, so uh, in England, probably the biggest game of the weekend is going to be Tottenham Hotspurs at Manchester United. Uh, At this game, there's a lot at stake because I think it's probably a must win for for each team at this point if they want to get into the Champions League. You know, a loss here for Spurs pretty much takes them out. I think they're in seventh place now. That would pretty much keep them... Uh, five or six points below with uh, only one game in hand to Arsenal United. We talked about, I think they are four points behind right now, but they've got three games behind Arsenal that that would pretty much kill any chances they have. So really here, I think either of these teams need to win. I don't even know if a draw helps them that much. It might kind of just be a, a death by a thousand cuts if you take the draw. So really got to put your best foot forward here, try to get all three points. Uh, if you want to have a chance of playing in the, the top European competition next season, coming into the game, uh, biggest storyline is of course Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, so for those that were watching the Manchester Derby, they noticed the an absence of Ronaldo, he uh wasn't in the squad, gets dropped the day before. Rumors were that he flew back out to Portugal. Um, some, some discussions on whether that, that was injury rehab related or not. He, probably another seems kid not. <laughs> or something? he
0: might be having another kid, you never know with that guy He's yeah. right? Like somebody's always pregnant,
1: yeah. So it, there's something going on, uh, in. At the same time, you know you, you you're dropping Ronaldo, who's been your your number nine this whole time. Didn't even start Rashford in this case. Uh, they ended insane. up going with 19 year old Anthony Alonga. So uh, really, a, a lot of concern now up top for, for United. They went from having a, a pretty stacked front line uh, to now being very very thin. So gonna see how they how they cope with that. Uh, even worse for them, the one guy that they are still counting on is is Harry Maguire, who has just been absolutely Trash. laughably atrocious Trash. for, for weeks. I mean, every week there's a new clip on Twitter of him just like falling over his feet or, or whiffing on a clearance that directly leads to a goal. So uh, it's pretty sad when, you know, the one guy that you can actually pencil into your lineup every single week is probably the one guy you don't want in your lineup every single week. So a, a lot of concern right now for United, they're kind of slipping a bit. Um, they really need to write this quickly. If they want to have a chance at achieving anything really this season or else it's just gonna be another lost year with, a summer full of questions over who's going to be sold. Can they get anybody in and you know, who's going to manage the team. Who's going so to manage them, yes. uh, lots to play for, for them. Uh, on the other side, Spurs have been on a little bit of a roller coaster. obviously had that big win against city several weeks ago, and then promptly followed it up with a dud against Burnley. Um, and then have had two big wins, 4-0 against Leeds, who again, everybody scores four goals against Leeds, but. Uh, <laughs> Not
0: everyone.
1: Then, yeah. And then. A, a big five no yeah, true. True. <laughs> Um, and then you know, obviously the big 5-0 smashing of Everton on Monday. So they're on a little bit of a high right now, but if anything has told us what to expect from Spurs, it's that after a big high, they usually have a big low. So could be in for a dud this week. We'll see. Um, I think the, the big turning point for them really has been, you know, the emergence of Kuluszevski. Uh, he's kind of opened up this counterattack for, for Kane and Son, uh, set, including that city game, he's had two goals and three assists. It's over across four Premier League games. So you're getting a little over one goal in golf one goal involvement per game. Uh, And that's also boosted Kane's numbers. We were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, you know, in January, how Kane was a dud of the week because he had one goal all season. Well, in the same time period, he's had five goals and assists. Uh, Obviously a lot can be said to Kulisevsky opening this up, you know, being quick on the counter, giving in quality passes. uh, And even Sun two goals, two assists, that's pretty much what you'd expect from him. But again, this team would have been underperforming with these guys playing up top for, for many weeks. So maybe they're starting to turn things around. Uh, could be a sign of a, a, a big momentum-changing win here for Spurs. But for sure. again, like we said, it's been a roller coaster. So if anything, I could very easily see them being the, the team that pulls up and puts a, a, a 2-0 dug uh, against United when they really need it the most.
2: But but wait a minute, you're telling me that Juve like, stifles attacking talent that can go elsewhere and start to produce because Dejan Kulazewski looked like absolute garbage last year and a half at sure Juve did. after he lit up Serie A playing for a Parma side that was fighting relegation he goes to Juve for I don't remember like how much 40 million right yeah it was like it that. was something it's decent stupid. actually and the team that profited was Atalanta because they own just rights while he's at Parma by the way so you know that <sighs> club just continues to do good business selling players but here he is now in the Premier League and he and he's Lighting it up for a Spurs side that was struggling before he got there. Uh hello, Max Allegri. Maybe you know you weren't doing something right with him.
0: <laughs> he's making Conte's football look progressive. <laughs> skill. Max Allegri is doing it. So.
2: That that I guess like he's you know, if uh Allegri's a, a dinosaur, maybe like Conte's evolved to like the ice age or something, but it he yeah, it, it makes it, meteor, makes it yeah. mean,
0: <laughs> so what's you know what, I'm starting to wonder as you talk about it. Maybe all that time off hurts Spurs. Like maybe they're a team that's now benefiting a little bit from just being in a rhythm, from having games. You know, you're, you're playing multiple times a week and players, you know, you can only do so much in practice. Maybe the fact that they're on the field together. And
1: I think things have kind of settled in for them. I mean, we knew things were bad under, you know, uh, really weren't playing well. They were being, you know, beaten down pretty bad on, on a regular basis, losing 3 1, 4 1 here and there, which is very, Unlike them, you know, they do lose, but usually they're not getting smoked like they were. And then Conte coming in, we knew Conte is when he comes into a team that he needs to kind of clean out, he's very abrasive. We've talked about that earlier. And he had his demands with the players he wanted to get in, he wasn't getting those players in. So that was a lot of drama. We're now a month and a half beyond that. They have the squad that they have. Uh, I think the players that have bought in, are still here. The ones that weren't buying in got shipped out in January. So yep. I think what you're seeing now is probably like the turning point for Spurs potentially, again, it's been a roller coaster, so they could just drop off all at any point, but uh, it could be the turning point where, you know, the squad is bought in, you know, everybody knows where they're going to be, where they're play, where their teammates are going to be on a counter and you're starting to see results from it. So Definitely. it could be that.
2: And you know what? I'm looking at the table right now. They're in seventh place, for, uh, th- only three points behind Arsenal, and they've only played one more match than Arsenal, whereas United you know, has the three three matches that you know they can use to their advantage against Manchester United, against West Ham. They only have the one against Tottenham, and they, they still have the head-to-head that got rescheduled. Remember, with the COVID outbreak at, at Arsenal, they, they asked for that match to be postponed when it probably didn't benefit Spurs much because Spurs was actually in decent form at that time before, when they were in, on one of the highs in the roller coaster, you know, Spurs wins a match like this, they might be put United kind of in their rear view with those two matches in hand and maybe it becomes a, a North London Derby for the fourth spot. You never know. Yeah. That's sure, a storyline to watch
1: wants. for sure. Because yeah. like like we said last week, sometimes these storylines are, are better than fiction and uh, you know, uh, a North London Derby to determine who gets the fourth and final spot of Champions League would be, Just about as good as it gets as far as uh, truth being better than fiction.
0: So speaking of better than fiction, what's better than fiction are these lines that I'm about to rattle off to you guys. And we have to decide, are they fact or fiction? Do these lines accurately predict what's going to happen? Or is it just a rat line? Does it not make sense? Is it fantasy? Um, I I think we all have our opinions, but want to let the listeners know what's going on. So right now on the money line, United is a favorite at plus 115. Spurs are plus 245, and the draw is plus 250. Um, And even if you were to look at that two-way money line, draw no bet, United's minus 180, Spurs plus 145. And on the goal line spread, Spurs getting half a goal at minus minus one thirty. So Spurs, a little bit of an underdog here. Um, Certainly, I think we all have our opinions here, but based on everything we just told you about these two teams coming in, none of that makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it, it goes against logic, basically, from what we just said.
1: Yeah, this is just clearly the tipping the giving the the, the home field advantage the tip of the iceberg basically saying hey you know both teams may not be great maybe one is in slightly better form but the team that that's home might play a little hungrier and they might put up you know obviously getting the help from the fans will will contribute but it it doesn't make a lot of sense considering what we saw on just this past weekend obviously one team winning five nothing the other team losing four to one but you know Anything the only can thing
0: I could think of is, well, certainly anything could happen. And we've, we've certainly talked about that in these big games. We've, we've seen the underdog team or the team that we think is worse win the game. Uh, certainly possible here. The only thing I could think of is United needs the game more, right? They need it badly. And, yeah. and these odds kind of reflect that. Um, but
2: I don't know if they even need it more because if Spurs looks at the table, like I just said, they're like, well, we're within reach of the Champions League. So they have plenty to play for too. I just they're...
0: think, you know, if Spurs lose this game, could they still make a push? Yes. If United loses mm-hmm. this game, I think that ship has sailed, yeah. especially with the disarray of the team. Yep. Um, and then just taking a look at the goal props, uh, over two and a half, minus 135, under minus 110. Both teams to score at minus 165. No at minus one twenty five, um, so definitely goals expected. Nothing out of the ordinary with those lines, and a couple interesting ones. Uh, some player props. So United, um, you know Ronaldo still listed. Is he going to play? or Is he not? I think he was plus one forty. We're not even no. going to consider that. Um, the guy that the guys that stood out were Ilanga. Scott mentioned who might get that start. He is plus two fifty. Jaden Sancho plus three hundred. And then if you look at Spurs, uh, Kulusevsky is actually plus 320. So knowing that he's contributing to goals and he's even scored a couple himself, the Spurs always looking to to beat you on the counterattack. I think there's some decent value there. And even Kane at plus 175 might be worth a look. He tends to show up in big games like this. Yeah, if
1: you look at the math, you know, both teams to score yes at minus 165 over two and a half goals at minus 135 seems to indicate that they the expectation here is there's going to be goals on both sides looking over at United, who's going to score those goals for them. You know, it, it, Sancho at plus 300 is crazy. I mean, he was the one that scored in the against Manchester city and it was an incredible finish. So we know what kind of quality he has. We know what pace he has. I think that's going to be the turning point. Um, I I think if I'm going with something, I I would put a little bit on Sancho for score because if if you're expecting uh, both teams to score, yes, you, you, obviously the go from United and I don't see anybody else giving it to him. So that's where I would go for sure. Anything else coach or are we, we good to move no, on? No,
2: I, I think, I think you guys make great points. I mean, I, I don't see how United's favorite besides the fact that it's home field, like you said, but even, even now how scared are teams to go to old Trafford against this United? I don't, I don't know. Especially a a Conte managed side is not going to be like, Oh shit, we're going to old Trafford, like the ghost of old Trafford or anything, you know?
1: Yeah. The one thing to watch though, especially if you're looking at uh, putting in any props for, for Tottenham goal scores, we know that they like to score and they do best on the counter. Um, The reason why they lost against Burnley was Burnley sat back and absorbed the pressure. And then, you know, they got their goal on the counter. So we'll see what, what kind of strategy that Ragnick puts in. Um, we know he's playing the four, two, three, one, but is he going to try to run a high line? Is he going to let, you know, the, the two midfielders probably be Pogba and the sit back deep. Uh, that's probably the way to get the result against Tottenham. But, uh, you know, if they play open, then sure. Kane one seventy five. 75. That's probably as good as gold. Um, but sure. sitting back then you might be in for a, a bit of a ride. <laughs> All right. Um, Shifting around, uh, other big game of the weekend. We got Newcastle visiting Chelsea. Uh, what's at stake here? Obviously, I think the table placement, not so much. Uh, Chelsea seemed to be pretty settled in the third at this point. Not really going to be competing for the title, but also not really in any danger of losing their Champions League spot. Newcastle, as Coach pointed out uh, earlier in this episode, they seem to be pretty safe from the drop zone, uh, seven or eight points above uh, that third spot. So not too much really in terms of positioning the table. However, I think what's most at stake right now for for Newcastle is this is an opportunity for them to prove that they are going to be a legit team moving forward. Um, You know, we we talked about how rough of a season they had to to begin with and and are certainly turning things around. I think they have the second best form in the league over the last six games, Um, but a a win at Chelsea would be a a big statement for them. It would really, you know, be a a showcase for any players that they're looking at bringing in in the summer. Obviously brought in a a handful of players in, in January that, we're of mixed quality i would say i think that's being generous mm-hmm. um but if they really want to be competing for europe they're going to need to get those players that are you know top tier talent it can be you know some of the top players in the portuguese league and la liga and germany and etc uh, and, and having this like hey we actually beat chelsea at home will be a, a key point in convincing those guys that their project is for real and you can actually you know make a run into the champions league in the next year or two if, if you come over so i think it's more so a a What's at stake is a potential reputation for the next few seasons, but um, you know, certainly a, a win is always good for for morale, especially as you're mm-hmm. looking at some of the other competitions that these these teams are involved in. Uh, coming into the, the the game, or coming into the match, I should say, uh, Chelsea obviously been looking a lot better of late. Most of this is is just players coming back from injury. Although breaking news, Reese James has been ruled out for the next four weeks. Oh, uh, had man, another muscle normal. injury, so. He's obviously, you know, we've talked about it. The wing back play has been huge for, for Chelsea's offense that are, you know, been, been central and getting these uh the balls in. They scored, I think, 18 goals so far this season, which is more than twice as any other team in England. So, and he was uh,
0: plus 280 the score. I'm taking him off the list, yeah.
1: He's out, so uh, that's a, a little bit of a setback, but you know, uh, the bonus for, for Chelsea is they do have this clear front three, I think, in uh, Pulisic, Zayac, and Havertz. I think. Yeah. If you go through with those three guys as you're, as you're, you're attacking front, you're, you're likely to create chances. You're going to probably put away a few of those. Uh, you also have Mason Mouth that you can rotate in and out. So I don't think you'd lose any quality there. But obviously that leaves Timo Werner and, and Lukaku on the outside looking in. A lot
0: of money on the bench. A lot
1: of money on the bench. <laughs> um, but, you know, Werner is just an interesting one. I mean, if you want to talk about impacts of the pandemic – I mean, his career could be completely altered from that because he was almost nailed on to be going to Liverpool until the pandemic started and that caused Liverpool to pull back their finances. Uh, you know, I know a lot of his his uh, um, criticisms have been his, his finishing ability. So it's not even so much about his ability to create, but, you know, look at Diego Jota, who's what Liverpool kind of turned to when, when the Werner deal fell through, yeah. uh, he's been killing it. So um, no, he, he's
0: been terrible. I, I don't even know if he's suited to the Premier League. I mean, I think Liverpool may have dodged a bullet there. I think um, a little bit of a slower, more methodical pace, but even though he's a quick guy, right? Maybe that that suited him better. But I think that he, he just can't keep up with the Premier League, from what I've seen.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been an odd one for sure. And you figure at least one of those guys will probably be moving on in the summer. But also, we don't even know who's going to own Chelsea in the summer. That's the other point. Sure. So see what happens. there. Bear about
0: may step in and make that purchase. <laughs>
1: Would love that. Um, on the other side, Newcastle, as I talked about, probably the hottest team in the league outside of Liverpool. Uh, and I, honestly, I think this is a testament really to Eddie Howe. Um, we got to give him some credit. You know, the the players that are really at the forefront of this turnaround are guys that have been in the team the whole season. They're not the new guys that they brought in. Uh, Joe Willick and, and Joe Wellington have really improved that midfield. That was always my, my biggest criticism of them is, uh, you know, they had decent attacking players with St. Maximin and they had Callum Wilson and the defense was not great, but suitable for at least a, 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 to be above the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. It was just that midfield that was really lacking quality. And these two guys have really turned it around for them. I mean, Joe Ellington coming in from being a forward into learning this midfield role has been key for them. Joe Willick has been on fire lately. So credit to him. Um, and then, you know, probably the most unheralded signing that they brought in is probably the one that's making the most impact. I know Trippier got hurt, but uh, Dan Byrne, who came in from Brighton, uh, has been a very, very solid center back, partnering with Fabian Schar. They're really anchoring that defense. And we talked about it. If you want to get out of the relegation zone, you got to have a good defense because you got to get points or in any way, shape or form, whether mm-hmm. that's three points from scoring or just even a point from holding the other team to, to nothing. So. Uh, shout out Dan Byrne. He's been uh, a real star for them that I don't think a lot of people know about. So I want to give him his his due credit. And then perhaps the most heralded signing coming in was uh, Guimaraes. Still hasn't found his footing yet. Uh, he's been coming on as a substitute. Hasn't really made much of an impact. Besides getting a card here and there. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I mean, if, I think if he comes through and, and, and you know makes good on on what his promise is, uh, then Newcastle will really have a, probably a, a top eight midfield potentially it's kind of crazy to think about but uh, you know quality that season oh for sure
0: so it's a good good building blocks
1: and so yeah and before we get to the odds i think it's it's worth noting that both these teams both uh, newcastle and chelsea have games midweek it's actually a thursday game Um, so newcastle will be traveling to southampton uh, and that's actually a pretty big trip so if you're not familiar with the geography of of england that's about as far as you can get in terms of travel distance within the in the country uh, and then Chelsea will be visiting Norwich, so two away matches before this game. Um, so should should be equally tiring for both. But as we know, uh, typically the teams that fare better, these are the teams that have the most depth. So you could maybe see a team earners start midweek just to give give whoever on the front three some some you know resting minutes. But yeah. um, also injuries and suspensions. We just talked about uh, Reese James coming through with a, uh, an injury as of today. Don't know what else that could that could hold. So make sure you're yeah. paying attention to any injuries, you know,
0: right car suspensions, etc. Yeah, short turnaround time, Thursday to Sunday for sure. Um, so the odds here, I mean, you know, maybe what you expect. I think they're a little harsh on Newcastle considering their current form. Um, Chelsea, you know, has been only okay, but Chelsea is a huge favorite, minus three forty on the money line. Newcastle plus one thousand, draw plus four seventy five. And on that draw, no bet, Newcastle still plus 750. Um, On that goal line spread, Newcastle will be getting one and a half goals, and you can currently get that at minus 105. So that's pretty close to even money. Um, You know, just goes to show you that they expect Chelsea to handle business here. Uh, You know, certainly as an observer, I'm hoping the game's a little bit closer than what these odds are projecting. I, I just don't think Newcastle's getting the respect that they deserve. Uh, I don't know that they win this game, but I, I think they're a lot closer than a, than a plus 1,000 underdog.
2: Yeah, I was shocked when I saw that line come out when, when, when we were going through and I'm looking at you know potential picks and locks for the week. I, I expected Chelsea to be favored, no doubt, and fairly decently favored, but plus 1,000 and plus 750 draw no bet for Newcastle, a, a team that's undefeated in eight straight Premier League matches. Even getting a goal and a half at almost even money, even if they go and lose that match two one or something, and you take that, you're, you're you're getting even money pretty much for that. Yeah, so this
0: could be a one nothing game. Yeah, I mean, are you, you going to sweat out three hundred and forty uh, minus three forty no. for a one nothing Chelsea win? No, I'm no. A-
2: no, I'm I'm looking at taking a shot at the the spread for Newcastle or yeah, even maybe, money. It's or, it's or or a little bit on draw no bet to to maybe make some a very low risk high reward type of bet. Not I'm not saying. That, yeah. uh, you' and, know, and the house I don't on have it, the odds
0: but... here, but it, something like that. Uh, take a look at the double chance, right? And uh, for our listeners, yeah. if you don't know what double chance is, that's uh, you're you're looking to kind of take the underdog team, so you'll get the win if the if the underdog wins or if it's a draw. Um, and you, they're they're probably around plus money for something like that. So it's basically like you're taking um, the spread in in terms of a result, right? Because yeah. if the draw actually turns into a win. But usually it'll be at more favorable odds because it's not plus, plus 265. Plus. There you go. Plus 265. So that gets you a win if, if this game winds up as a draw. They get uh, anything out of it. Yep. So that's it's not a terrible, not a terrible bet in this case. Um and then just for the goals, over under two and a half, minus 150 over, plus 120 on the under, and then both teams to score is plus plus one ten, 145. Uh, for the no so i it just looks to me like nobody is expecting newcastle to score a goal yeah
1: i would take the under here we just talked about reese james and what he's kind of meant for the team uh take advantage of that i mean i'm sure the line's probably shifted a little bit but you know no, these teams both, are gonna be tired yeah both teams playing midweek you got an injury already i, I would take the under you're going to get plus money and you know, if Newcastle doesn't score, you're, you're looking at Chelsea having to score three, which I just don't think
0: happens. No, definitely not. And um, just some player props. Havertz is plus 160 to score. Uh, not not great, but of all the, the guys up front, he had the best value. And if you're looking at Newcastle, Alan St. Maximen, who Scott mentioned, I, I think this guy's been pretty dynamic out on the wing. Uh, he seems to create a lot every game. He is plus 450 to score. Uh, he's not a true forward, but he, he seems to score as many goals as anybody else on this team. Yep. For sure.
2: Yeah. And just to throw out there um, a lot of unders recently for Chelsea and, and Newcastle. So it definitely is potential there.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. If, if Newcastle is going to get a result, they need, they're going to need what two goals. Uh, do you yeah. trust them to score two? That's going to be tough against a Chelsea team. I think the unders play. I agree. All right. Well, those are the two biggest games in England. Coach, what do we have going on in Italy?
2: Yeah, so we're going to go just a more general roundup uh, on the the peninsula this week. No real marquee matches to to preview. Uh, Just to recap last week, we kind of mentioned it in our studs and duds. Milan with their win at Napoli, now top of the table, 60 points and 28 matches played. Inter, two points behind with the match in hand, so potentially could retake the lead with that match in hand. Uh, Napoli down to third on 57 points, 28 matches played, and Juve still kind of, you know, hanging around in the periphery, 53 points, 28 matches played, not playing great, but getting results now and slowly creeping up the, you know, not the table, but cutting the gap a little bit. Um, Probably the marquee match in this week would be Verona Napoli. If you're a neutral, you don't really have a stake in any of the, the the teams in Serie A, you're more of a Premier League or La Liga or somebody else, you know, type of guy. You just want to watch a Serie A match. I would probably watch the Verona Napoli match. Um Napoli can't afford another slip up and Verona at home will be tough. Verona went and got that 1-1 one, one draw at Fiorentina last week. They had uh they got a 2-2 two, two against Roma a few weeks ago before that. So they played pretty well they against score a of lot the, of goals. Yeah. Um they they've been scoring. See, the funny thing with them is last year under Ivan Juric, they played one of the best defensive football in Serie A, didn't give up a lot but didn't score a whole lot. This year they've completely changed the way they play. <laughs> They're scoring yeah. a lot of goals. And if I'm not um,
0: mistaken, they have two guys that are in the top 10 in the league in scoring, right? With Simeone and Barrick. I think yes. Barrick's still in the top 10 or real close. Simeone to
2: it. is uh, fourth or fifth. Third, third yeah. right now, still. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah, Simeone, 15 goals, is third in the league. I know Barack has 10. He's somewhere also in the top 10. Uh, this list only goes to five, but I know he has 10. Yep. And I think Gianluca Caprari, who scored from the spot last week, uh, has another eight. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. They're a yep. lot of fun lately.
0: And Napoli's not fun. I mean, I'm no. sorry, we talked about it, but you know, <laughs> man is. Um, listen, the guy's got talent and he's adjusting to Italy and I'm not, you know, he's hurt. He's, he's playing with the, the um,
1: Batman mask, the, the Phantom at the Opera mask <laughs> on his face, right?
0: Like it's, it's not easy, but I don't think the formation suits him. They're playing that four, two, three, one, or sometimes even a four, three, three, like he's not a big guy. He's not a prototypical striker. So he's kind of out on an Island by himself and Their midfield is feast or famine, right? We talked about Insigne. He's had shit game after shit game. Uh, He played well against Lazio, but that's about it. Um, And some of the other guys, like, they have talent. Ruiz is good, um, but I don't know. Like, they they just haven't looked good when the games that have mapped – like, the the season's on the line for them the last month, and they haven't brought it. They've gotten some results, but this is the prototypical team that's going to give them a fit.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely see them having a hard time. Uh, I could easily see them winning the match, but it's not going to come easily for them right. uh, if they do get the win. This is one of those matches that, you know, we talked about their schedule a little bit earlier. It's difficult. If they lose this one at Hellas, which is a, a very real possibility, it might send them kind of in a little bit of a downward spiral and, and kind of put them in a position where maybe Roma or Atalanta or Lazio or Fiorentino, one of those teams that's hanging around Still a, a decent distance away, maybe start some pressure to on. Go for. Yeah, give them a little something to think about, at least in the Champions mm-hmm. League race. Uh, they could quickly be out of the title race. Right? So, you know, obviously they're still in it and only three points back, but they could quickly fall out of it. There's no question about that if things start going in the wrong direction. Um, Roma won last week against Atalanta, we mentioned. They're into fifth. It keeps their slight top four hopes alive. Atalanta still has a little hope too, but their form has been very poor. Um, but really, what that's done is open up. The fourth spot for Juventus. You know, I mentioned it on, on my Roma pod that I have as a Roma fan. The most frustrating losses of the season for me were watching Roma lose one nothing at Juve early in the season where they outplayed him, but Juve played their old school score goal early on a broken play and then just sit back and defend, you know, Catenaccio type football. And then God knows how they scored four goals in a 3 1 uh deficit to come back and win four three if that didn't happen you know we're talking about a race really a race for four you know place.
0: how it happened but you know yeah
2: but we do but we don't because you look at Juve. now they had they go inside dusan vlaovic for 80 million they still can't score four goals on like I don't and think Tana, they've so they scored four
0: goals since yeah yeah I mean, so
2: combined. um definitely not a great Juve, and they're still hanging around um uh, they're probably going to make the champions league it, it, it's hard to see them slipping out of the top four and you know now they're still even there and and for the other three teams, you have to wonder if they're kind of in the back of their mind, like here's Juve lurking. They made two marquee signings during the winter window, and they're only seven off the top, and now only four behind Napoli. Maybe Napoli's feeling the pressure a little bit, and I don't know. Like I don't, I'm not going to go and say, "Oh, I'm going to put money on Juve to win the title right now." <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks we're talking say- about them up there
0: it's 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 not going to happen i I don't think um but we did say one of our very first shows that hey it's not outside the realm of possibility UVA will at the very least make it interesting and you have to give them credit they've done that i don't think that's necessarily due to them it's it's everybody else slipping up but at the end of the day who did you trust most who was the team that went and ponied up 80 million to get the star of the transfer window who is the team that Everybody else is beating up on each other. That's just grinding out those one-nothing victories. It's yeah. Juve. And by the way, who's the team that's still in the Champions League somehow, some way? I don't yeah. know that they're gonna get the result that they need uh against Via Real, but they're still in it somehow. So Would you hey, say you gotta that's gotta more shocking
1: than Manchester United still being in the Champions League?
0: I guess fair enough. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not in the Champions League. That's PSG. No, they're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. They they lived up to their
2: reputation. But back to SETI uh Juve, uh Travels to Genoa to place a struggling Sampdoria side. Very realistic possibility to win there. Uh, Milan plays Empoli. Inter plays, let me just double check, they're playing Torino away. So Milan at home, probably the, the one you'd probably peg as the quote-unquote easiest win just because Empoli is in very poor form. So in, if you look at the title race um, around the league though, not like we said not really many any, any marquee matches yeah. to keep an eye on but keep an eye on those races uh you know yeah we're gonna man, see if I mean, goals come back this week nick you called it what two weeks ago you said the goals are back they weren't really here last season uh, or last week rather yeah, last like, week, week let us down
0: I, I think those marquee matchups right that milan napoli um you know there they were good games but those teams were you know roma Atalanta. they they weren't High scoring games. It was oh shit. We know that we need to win this game, so yep. let's let's do everything let's we possibly can. Um, but this week, I think goals will come back because it's it's more of a lopsided schedule, right? There's in most games, there's a pretty clear favorite against a pretty clear underdog. So, I'm expecting goals to come back. Um,
2: so, what are the lines looking like on some? Of these yeah, matches? so we'll,
0: we'll we'll take you guys through just some of the interesting odds of the week. Um, you know, for for these matchups. So, uh, Coach mentioned Napoli plus one ten Hellas. Plus two sixty, um, you know, must win for Napoli, but Hellas definitely some value if you're looking at a scrappy underdog that has proven they can get results this year. Um, the closest game of the the week in terms of, of teams that are equally matched and in terms of odds is Spezia and Cagliari uh, Spezia is plus one sixty, Calcutta plus one ninety. I think coach will tell you that he likes Spezia in this situation and. I'm waiting for a verbal head nod from him. I'm going
2: to say I'd be cautious because Cal Ute has been playing much better of late. Since, they have since,
0: been, but they haven't been scoring goals.
2: Yeah. So, you know, this is a match where both teams would probably be content with the draw as well, because they're sitting 16th and 17th, uh, three and four points off the relegation a, a, a zone. A win
0: is like. Yeah. A know, win is gold for either you're one. You're talking about. Yeah. You're, you're, you can almost taste salvation. But, so I actually like Spezia, plus plus one sixty. I think um, they they outplayed Juve last week. Didn't get the mm. result. Definitely created more chances. But they've, they've they're also at home. They've punched above their weight class all year. They're at home. Calcutta's not very good. Lazio destroyed them last week. Um, you know I, I would take a shot with Spezia here. I think that could be an entertaining game. It could be a one nothing game. It could be a 0-0 game. But it, it's teams that at least on paper um, you know should should be a good matchup for each other. And then uh, another one that that caught our eye was Roma. Uh, so, you know, not not in the greatest form, but coming off their perhaps biggest win of the season, they are plus 125 favorite to Udinese, who is plus 185. Uh, I was telling coach earlier, I think this is just one of those situations where you put your money on Roma and you don't even think twice. I know Scott's he's laughing. He's going to laugh. He's going to disagree. He'd be right. But um, that's just too good of a price against a team that's terrible. So is Mourinho
1: I, back? Is he done with his suspension? He is back. Yeah. Okay. He's back. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you want like the, the return of Mourinho and you want to just ride that wave.
0: I think so. I think Abraham's been scoring. Zaniolo's looked good. Their midfield um, has been a little healthier and they've not given up as many goals. No,
2: back to back clean sheets. Yeah.
0: Back to back clean sheets. Yeah. So there you go. I was, that's the information I was looking for. I, I mean, to me, you take Roman at plus money, that line probably moves.
2: Yeah, I, would I mean, I, guess. Yep. I, I don't like to say, because as a fan, you know, obviously <laughs> I, sometimes my views are skewed on Roma, but that jumped out at me as a value pick. If that was Lazio or Fiorentina, I'd say the same thing at plus 125. Right.
0: So To me, this is, this is what I'll say for Roma. I will take them at plus money, plus 125 against the worst team. If they do not get the result, they are officially banned from the bet slip. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a make, this is a make or break pink slip game for Roma. Loser leaves town. Loser leaves town, and we know Roma's a loser. No, they're they're gonna take that one. Um, and then we mentioned Inter minus one forty, Torino plus four hundred. I think Inter gets the job done there. Uh, should should be pretty straightforward. And Juve minus one fifty at Sampdoria. Samp has been terrible. They're plus four twenty five. They were down to nothing. Uh, I think to a very beatable team last week. I forgot who they played, coach remind me, but I mean it was, Samp. My, oh, so they lost it was one something. of those like yeah. oh man, they could they, they might be able to win this we were down two-nothing before I even turned it on. I uh, think it uh, might
2: have been Udinese, right? It yeah. was Udinese, yeah. There you go. right? So again, who we just who we just said was terrible. Hosting <laughs> they, are terrible. <laughs> they
0: are terrible, but that just shows you how bad SAMP is. SAMP is even yeah. worse, somehow, some way. Uh so if Juve was not banned from the bet slip, I would be taking that minus one fifty to the bank as well. I expect them to handle business, but they unfortunately are not allowed to be bet on.
2: So, who are we allowed
1: to bet on? Who are we taking? This week? We need to have a, we need to have an official list.
0: <laughs> we will publish the list for the listeners.
1: <laughs> All right, I think uh, that segues yep. nicely into our, our hat trick of picks. So, I will I will get the ball rolling. Um, I will start with looking through the picks this week, uh, not a lot that jumped out at me. So Terrible week there, it was line, so. a lot of picking through a, a bare field, but in that field, I did find one that I think there's some value to, and I think it's a pretty good chance. And that's Aston Villa draw no bet at West Ham plus 140. So Aston Villa are another team that's been benefiting of getting healthy lately. Their attacking options are now all available. So they have their full component of Wendia and Coutinho and uh, Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. So have every ability now to score goals on the other side, West Ham just lost Jared Bowen, who we've mentioned countless times on this podcast as being the key player for West Ham in terms of creating chances and scoring them. So that's a big loss, Uh, right? They said he's been undergoing MRIs this week. Uh, No confirmation on the timetable for return, but you got to figure if you're going through MRIs and it's still Wednesday, you're probably not playing on Saturday. So I'm going to take a draw no bet for Aston Villa plus 140. Again, like Nick says, don't even think about it. Just take it and go. That's
2: it. And they're coming That's off great, a four goal line. performance, right, Villa? Yeah, yeah. They're healthy.
1: They're they're scoring goals again. Tyrone Mings is a pretty decent center back, so he can actually you know help anchor that defensive line. Uh, just nice. got to hope that they can score enough to to make it an easy one. You don't got to sweat it. Great number. All uh, right, I'm
2: going with uh, Inter minus one forty at Torino money line. Inter bounced back in a big way last weekend against Siller and Ton on Friday, pounding. The last place team five nothing after really struggling to score for quite a few matches in a row. They were eliminated from the Champions League by Liverpool but did win the match at Anfield one nothing, not aided by a red card by, uh, for Alexis Sanchez right after they scored it. It really – Scott, for like 30 seconds, were you like shitting bricks and then just – A little like nervous, relieved.
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, especially because Solid hit the post like six times up until yeah. that point, and that's usually like the plot of how you yeah. had 100%. your broken. That's how you nope. lose a match, right? Yeah. um, So Sanchez bails you, you out.
0: Bat. I don't know if you lose a match, but you definitely lose a match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <that> way. yeah.
1: <laughs> we
2: did lose a bet that
1: way, Nick.
0: I guess the, the, the benefit parlor.
2: of uh, Inter losing that match and being eliminated from the Champions League, obviously they can now f- squarely focus in the league and trying to win the Scudetto uh they're now chasing rivals milan like we said but with that game in hand and enter this knowing they need a win you because milan plays the day before most likely will have won that match by then so to keep pace they're probably gonna have to win uh torino has improved overall this season compared to last season under ivan Juric, uh had them playing pretty well early but they're in a poor run of form right now winless in their last six uh three win uh no wins three draws three losses while losing their last two home matches to get this 18th place venezia and 17th place Cagliari. Very, very poor, poor losses for them. So I like Inter here, knowing that they need a yeah. win.
0: And, and we didn't get too much into it in our preview because I knew this was Coach's pick, and I, yeah. I have a, I have a prop on Inter as well. But I think this is as straightforward as it can and be. And I
2: think minus one forty is pretty good value
0: on that. Definitely, I, I expected yeah. this to be more like the Chelsea Newcastle line. Yeah. You know, like it, if it was at the San Siro, probably would be. Here, yeah, and the odds couldn't be any, any uh, further apart. So uh, I'm with you, Coach. I, I think I'm riding with that bet as well. And I I probably took your money line lock. Yeah, you took two of my picks before I could get on (laughs) them. I think this isn't equally as easy. We're going back to Sassuolo. They came through for me last week. They are minus 120 at Salernitana. Coach just mentioned Salernitana is in last place, gave up five goals last week. Uh, Sassuolo can't stop scoring. So it's all the same reasons I took them last week. They're on fire. Let's just take it to the bank. There's nothing really more to say. I'd be shocked if we don't go three and on our money lines this week.
1: Well, that's that's how we go 0 and three. that's how we go <laughs> on three. Yeah. Yeah. Nope,
0: nope, Positive energy. We're NBA Jam. We're heating up.
1: All right. So we'll move on to our totals then and just pretend that didn't happen. Uh, I know they are banned from the bet slip, but I'm taking under oh. 2.5 goals oh. at Sampdoria. It's minus 105. You can ban UV from the jet, the bet slip, but I've been making money on UBay unders all season long. And the reason for that is because 71% of Juve's games have been under 2.5 goals this year. Now, I know what you're saying, but Scott, they just added Dusan Vlahovic, a great forward and attacking player. Surely that number has gone down in recent weeks. You'd be wrong. It's actually gone the other way. Six of their last eight games, that's 75% have been under 2.5 goals since they sold their best attacking player to Tottenham. So I'm taking under two and a half goals, Juve at Samps, minus 105 on a bet that has hit 70% of the time in the past this year. So so I
0: will I it. will say that I I think we can allow this pick because you're not banking on Juve to do anything. You're true. You Yeah, bank. you're <laughs> banking on them to, them to, to, be, to be terrible. To, yeah. Basically, <laughs> Basically, who they are yeah. we're going to make an exception. If Scotty wins this bet, they are back on they are off the ban list. about yeah. the club.
2: All right. So I'm also going with an under. The, I I didn't really like many of the overs in terms of their value. The ones that seem like obvious overs were like minus 180. So I'm going a a, a bit with a bit of a counterintuitive pick here, going with an Atalanta under 2.5 against Genoa at plus 110. The under has hit in Genoa's last six Serie A matches and three out of uh, Atlanta's last, Atalanta's last five most recent league meetings. Sounds a bit crazy to take an under an Atalanta match considering just a couple weeks ago they scored four um, against Sampdoria. They were shut out. Their recent form combined with Genoa's new style of play under Blessing, the uh, German... CT makes it seem like that this is a distinct possibility and I didn't like much else. So I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here.
0: No, I think you got to do it. Plus money. And I have to take an over. It's just in my nature. Um, so I, there. these guys said there really wasn't much. Uh, the one that jumped out was Arsenal against Leicester, Arsenal at home over two and a half minus minus one fifty five. I think Arsenal overs are back they're certainly coming back. If they're not fully back, they're heating up like we are. I think the Leicester goal was under siege against a shit Leeds last week. Um, and you know, Arsenal's just kind of finding that touch. and you know, these guys mentioned if they're they're looking to take home that Champions League spot, this is a game they have to win. It's a game they should win. Uh, and they're gonna need goals to do it. So I like the over in this matchup. I also
2: like it. this would have been my over under if Nick hadn't gotten on the uh, the collaborative dock first.
1: Yeah, we talked about Arsenal's attack last week and how clinical they've been. They've been able to score Creating know, 20 no or 30% more goals yeah. than they've had chances created. So definitely a good one to, to, to take for, for an over because it doesn't require much for them to score. Um, moving on you know. to our props. Uh, I'm going to be taking a, a prop that I'm 2-0 on so far, so we'll keep going with it. And that's first team to score. I'm going to go Love with it. Tottenham in the Tottenham United game. Uh, we talked about the preview United's attack right now and disarray really Jaden Sancho is the only one that's creating much um, well on the other side. Tottenham's attack is really starting to click. You throw in the Harry Maguire versus Harry Kane matchup. Uh, and I feel like this one has to be a W so you don't need Tottenham to hold on to a win. You don't need them to even hit any sort of over. You just need them to be the first team to put the ball in the back of the net. You're going to get plus money for It seems like a good one to take first to score
0: no and i like to bet this is this is the modification of the way we got burned last week with the goal in first 30 minutes oh yeah this could yeah. be a goal anytime i like it it makes a lot of sense i can't believe it's plus money oh
1: yeah easy one
2: all right i'm going to go back to the sassuolo match i like them as the money line pick nick with the money line but i was looking for uh, a sort of profit on this match and sassuolo at slernitana First half, if Sassuolo goes into halftime with a the lead, they're plus 135. Nice. Uh, I, I expect them to jump out to lead before halftime and route to winning the match. It's hard to see uh, Salernitana really taking a lead into halftime even at home. I don't know. Uh, Sassuolo came out firing last weekend, and I expect more of the same. I think it's a great value at plus 135. Uh, a little different, little different prop pick than I usually look to, but like I said, not a lot of great picks, so I, I'm going to go against the grain a bit here, and maybe it'll work out.
0: Jump in. The water's warm. I love it. And I am going back to where it all started. Here it comes. Corners. Corners <laughs> are back. I am going to enter. Enter team total corners at Torino over five and a half. It is minus 105. With the exception of Liverpool and the Champions League, where they were definitely outclassed in the midfield by Liverpool. Inter uh, have been a corner machine. Uh, They, I talked about it last week and the week before they've had a ton of chances on goal, ton of block shots, shots wide. I think that they're going to continue that they're going to be looking to score. Lotaro has been scoring goals and getting chances and they just will be getting corners because Torino won't know what to do with themselves. So this to me is the, this is the bet that gets kicks and picks into the win column. We are zero six on corner bets. This is going to be the winner.
1: Yeah, I like this pick just because the way that Nick has approached this pick is like how if you've ever gone to like a racetrack on like a weekday and you see the old guys sitting up in the stands just watching the horses train. That's what Nick has been doing with this inter-team, <laughs> watching every single game and just like scribing every corner onto his hand and counting them over and over and over again for the last four or five matches. And this is the culmination of that work. So this is it. I will ride with this one just because I've seen Nick put in the effort. I don't see how it can lose.
0: I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. We do it for you guys. We do it for the listeners. We are degenerating for you, but we also have to turn around that 0 and 6 number on corners. So we this do. is the
1: game. We need to win. <laughs>
2: well, th- this should explain then why when I took, uh, I took a prop yesterday in the Liverpool inter- intermatch, I figured Inter would be the one with the onus to score goals. They would end up with more corners, and they ended up with two in Liverpool at eight. So I'm hoping it was just Inter saving well for your bet on the weekend.
0: And it was one of those two where we looked at the lineup that Inter put out there and they won the game and, you know, for a varying amount of reasons. But the lineup they put out, you like you're saying yourself, where's Inter? Like they know, you know, they need three goals like where are they? This isn't going to do it. Yeah. And and that kind of came to fruition throughout the course of the game. So unfortunate. But Torino is a completely different story. And Inter have been tearing up corners uh, in the league. So I fully expect them to get six.
2: So the now this is probably the most important pick of them all, though, because no we're riding a three-match win streak as as a collective with the lock of the week, now three and one overall. I think we should pause for that like dramatic pause for the listeners to try to take a guess based on what we've said this whole episode of what our lock of the week could be. And then we'll let you take it, Nick, because you were the one that proposed it first, and Scott and I went with it
0: yeah you might notice we didn't get into the the full-blown analysis once we read out the odds because we were saving it for this but it has to be Tottenham at Man U draw no bet is plus money plus 145 going for four in a row this is the pick
1: yeah I mean obviously I liked it I, I took Tottenham scored first usually that's a good indication of that you're going to win the game but like I said it this one it I don't see how this really loses. United are just in such, you know, disarray right now. Um, I think it would be a classic. It'd have to be honestly. I hate to say it, but it'd have to be a classic Spursy moment where they just don't show. Yeah.
0: And it was. I mean, all three of us as we're looking through the lines, we're researching our picks, we're talking to each other. This jumped out to the three of us immediately as we have to take it, and there's no way it should be at this incredible value. So this is a, a patented. You put your money in the best place, and you live with the result, and that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I mean, if they're home, they're probably minus money, based no doubt form. So ride with us, ride with Tottenham, four in a row. Well, guys, appreciate it. Thank you for another great episode of Kicks and Picks. Thank you all for listening in. Hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for live bets, for late breaking news, and of course, follow Five Tool Mooks for some of the best supporting content on the web. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week.